Cable News In-Depth, where we take a deeper look at the top news stories impacting our community. You're listening to Cable News In-Depth. I'm Althea Billings. Oregonians will have the opportunity to remove a slavery loophole from the Oregon State Constitution this midterm election season. Measure 112 would remove slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment for a crime. It's language that's echoed in the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and Oregon is in the minority of states that still have the exception in their constitution. I spoke with Sterling Cuneo, an executive board member of Oregonians United to End Slavery, to learn more about Measure 112. So I understand you're helping to lead the Yes campaign on Oregon Measure 112. If voters decide to pass it this November, what will it change? Well, it would change the status of human beings currently incarcerated. From It will remove them from the legally defined status as slaves and involuntary servants. And it will change our constitution and make us a state that is, that it'll make our constitution more in line with our values as a state currently. We know that this language is a relic of a racist slavery plantation system and that it was a loophole that was left over in the constitution And we believe that this does not reflect our values as Oregonians. And once that is changed, we will have a state document that more closely aligns with how we believe as a population. How did you first get involved with the Yes campaign on Measure 112? So I I was actually incarcerated inside the Oregon State Penitentiary when a group of men were participating in a class alongside of Willamette University students, and they took on this class project as a very grass, as a, it started as a class project. And then a group of students and Yahoo Safa African American Culture Club inside of OSP formed Oasis, Oregonians Against Slavery and Involuntary Service, And through grassroots organizing and grassroots efforts, they were able to get Senate Joint Resolution 10 passed, which is bringing the ballot to the measures this election. And uh, I was released last year and went to work at Transformative Justice Initiative at Willamette University. And since this was one of the seeds of this class project, since I came home, I myself was fortunate enough to get involved in help. Very cool. So with that perspective, what would it mean to you or, or to folks that you know if this does pass? For me, it means that, well, for me, when I, when I was in there, one of the frequently dehumanizing experiences is when we would be referred to as Section 34, right? There's a whole prison culture. There's a whole lexicon. There's a language. And, you know, there's dehumanizing and othering language on both sides, Uh, not, you know, the, the group, the people that are in prison and people that work for prison are not necessarily a homogenous group. It's not everybody. But there were some. And this disparaging term, anytime you heard it, 
it it was it was a moral injury. It would just make you feel like really less than as a human being. And as a human being who was working very hard to make my amends and repair some of the harms that I have that I created with my previous prior criminal lifestyle. I had been locked up at the age of 16 and spent 28 years in prison. And the last 13, 14 years of that was spent educating myself. I got my bachelor's degree through the University of Oregon. I was involved in various community service projects. I, I, I created uh, programs that continue until this day. And still the idea that no matter how much rehabilitation I demonstrated, no matter how much reformation and redemptive services I put forth, I was still legally declared and legally considered a slave in an involuntary servitude. And I know that a lot of my peers felt like that. And then as, you know, we would start to have interactions with community members who were open-minded, people who were caring, compassionate, we would find that they were just as shocked that this language was in the Oregon Constitution. Matter of fact, some of our research shows that 68% of Oregonians don't even know that this slavery loophole is still in our Constitution. So when we would find that people would discover this and be shocked by it and we were dehumanized by it, we didn't really feel like it aligned with the values of the society that we were working so hard to make amends with. So that collaboration between concerned citizens, grassroots efforts, students, and people inside that were working to become better people, right their wrongs, make amends, and return as productive citizens, we, we felt like it was one of them things to where we have an opportunity to be the generation, to be the voters, to be the people that finally and completely rid our constitution of slavery. It would make me feel amazing. Yeah. You mentioned this a little bit, but I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper. How is Measure 112 connected to the legacy of anti-Black racism and slavery in this country? Well, in this country, it was so we know that when the institution of chattel slavery was being abolished and the states were arguing over whether or not they wanted to ratify the 13th amendment they came up with the loophole and this loophole was also developed and articulated right along the same time as black laws was being created vagrancy laws was being created and there was very deliberate and systematic attempts to replace one control structure with another. So it was an extension of the slavery institution. It was just a loophole put into the Constitution. And many states replicated that, including Oregon. And, you know, what is so interesting is when you look at some of the other states that have passed these ballots or are taking the ballot or taking the same effort, there's five of us, there's five states right now that are trying to remove the slavery group from their constitution. But when you look at them, 
states like Louisiana, you know, and we've also had states, uh, southern states that we know historically have these racist histories or that we are associated with racist histories. But one of the things that ain't talked about is that Oregon also has a racist history. Oregon didn't even allow blacks. They didn't have slavery because they didn't even allow blacks in the territory. And so when they adopted their state constitution, they just took this relic from other, other, other states and just put it in there. So it's, uh, it's just the, the continuation of that struggle to be recognized as human beings. And you can go and look, you know, whether we're talking about Vermont, whether we're talking about New York, whether we're talking about Tennessee, you can go and see that the, the debates between the legislatures, the state, the debates between the stakeholders of that era, they, they were opposed to abolishing slavery. So as a compromise, these loopholes was added. And then as soon as they was added, you begin to see a whole new system of control, imprisonment, and other ways to control bodies and exploit labor. You mentioned a few other states that have taken actions to remove this. Where does Oregon stack up with having this still in its state constitution? Is it a majority of states, a minority of states? I'm pretty sure there are 10 states that have this remaining in their constitution. There have been a number of states that have already removed this language, Colorado, Utah, and others. And But right now there is 10 states, I believe. Is this measure, Measure 112, are you seeing opposition? And if so, from whom? Uh, the Oregon Sheriff's Association made put an opposition statement in the voters' pamphlet that was just wrong. Like, they said that it would take away uh, self-improvement programs and things like that, and it was just wrong. And they, you know, and they was referring to stuff that was occurring in the county jail. Uh, and there hasn't been any, there's no organized opposition as of yet. Well, I mean, I think that that is, that is very heartening. Are there aspects of Measure 112 that you find that people often misunderstand? Yes, I do. So um, one thing is, is people, some of the concerns was that Measure 112 would free people and or require everybody who's currently incarcerated all of suddenly to just be gave big checks, right? Whereas I believe in freedom and reparations, this is not what this bill does. This bill doesn't do anything except change the status of human beings from slaves and involuntary servants. It just removes that language that authorizes that. And then it clarifies that, you know, community service, work diversion programs, voluntary efforts are not unconstitutional, but slavery and involuntary servitude will be unconstitutional if we vote yes on 112. If listeners are interested in learning more, what are the best ways for them to do that? 
go to OrgoniansUnitedToEndSlavery.com, and there will be a whole list of options. You can pledge to vote yes. You can sign up for phone banking, canvassing, uh, informational presentations, donations. There's a whole, or you can just sign up for updates. And the most important thing that people could do is start having conversations, start raising awareness, because what we have discovered thus far in our campaign is that the vast majority of people, once they realize that this is still in the Constitution and that we still have a growing system in which people are legally deemed certain voluntary servants and slaves, they don't agree with that. The majority of Oregonians do not agree that slavery in any form should exist in this state. But the issue is voter education, people being aware of it. So the most important thing that anybody can do right now to help this effort is to talk to 10 people you know and ask them to talk to 10 people they know. Go look it up. It's in Oregon Constitution, Article 1, Section 34. Read the language for yourself. It's, it's clear authorization of slavery. Sterling, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Anything you'd like to add? No, thank you. Uh, vote yes, and let's bring Oregon's controlling document in line with the values of its people. Awesome. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yes, thank you. That was Sterling Cuneo, an executive board member of Oregonians United to End Slavery, speaking with me about Measure 112 on the Oregon ballot this fall. For KBOO News In-Depth, I'm Althea Billings.